With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Good afternoon and welcome to this episode of the Black Tuesday podcast. As I am recording this, I am a couple minutes late, as on me, but we're just going to get to it. You know her, you respect her, some of you fear her because I know this. Betty, Betty yourself, Boston Ryan, good afternoon, how are you? Oh, hey, I wish I was at the beach. But you have those good beaches. I have these Wisconsin beaches and I'm just like, eh. Yeah, we have some good beaches. I need to show off my COVID-45 body. <laughs> I just, it's one of those things. Now, I want to talk about the Palestine-Israeli conflict. President Biden told Prime Minister Netanyahu that he expects a severe de-escalation of the animosity between the two powers. Now, this is a two-part question. One, why do the Republicans seem to have this attachment to Israel as far as defending them no, no, no matter what, even though they're, they're innocent Palestinians being murdered every day? And two, when does this stop? Um, well, number one, Republicans pretend to support our number one ally. At the same time, they yell no socialism as we give Israel $4 billion in federal aid a year. Um, and they've just cloaked every Palestinian as a terrorist. So, I mean, God forbid you separate, separate Hamas from all of the Palestines, it's not going to stop. Bibi is doing this because of his election and his power, and he's corrupt. And it's really, it's, it's sad, and it's, it's hard, because I support Palestine as I support Israel, and that I don't want anybody to be killed. This is supposed to be shared land. Not everybody is a terrorist. And you're bombing the shit out of your own people. For what? These are war crimes. And that's what people don't want to discuss. And I mentioned it somewhere else, but I remember being a kid, and one of my earliest news memories was being seven years old and watching the news quickly. 
it was October 6th, I think, because it was my mom's birthday, and Anwar Sadat, the former president of Egypt, was assassinated. And I remember the next day going to school and hearing how all Arabs are terrorists, all Arabs are this, all like just all, just the word all. And I remember talking to my father about it like a, a few years after that, and he was... He sat there, he turned on the radio, he's like, listen to this man's voice. Are you afraid of him? No. I'm like, it's Casey Kasem. He's like, Casey Kasem is Lebanese. He's not a terrorist. And as we're as we're sitting there watching this, and years later, we had a similar talk, because it was like the 90s, and he was mentioning, he's like, you're a football guy. Doug Flutie is of Arab descent. He's not a terrorist. And just those little lessons, just to my mind, just helped to form the fact that I haven't seen so an uh, entire group of people tied to the actions of a small percentage, and yet you have the patriarchy sitting there claiming that, you know, not all white guys or not all men. Like, they're the first to tell you this, but they will tie every Palestinian, Arab, Persian with the same type of string. And I've always been kind of weird about that. Just like you said, to reiterate and to agree with your point, I just don't want any Palestinians or Israelis to, you know, die via this hostility. And it's just... The United States just, yeah, the $4 billion a year. Meanwhile, there are schools in Boston, your area, and some down here in Milwaukee and where I am in Wisconsin that could use some of that money. Why are we paying $4 billion to that country? Like, that's a lot of money. And this is a truth that I I need to learn how to, I'm, I'm going to try to phrase this carefully, so if you get mad, just you can curse me out. But even mentioning any criticism of Israel, even if it's on this level, I've been called an anti-Semite because I have questions yeah. about Net Netanyahu and how they do things as far as bombing innocent Palestinians. How is that fair? It's not fair. I think that's a, a, a huge reason why you see so many, especially polit politicians, just putting just doing the one side like they're pro-israel because for some reason there's the correlation if you criticize bb and the israeli government then you are anti-semitic and you can criticize the government and you can criticize the leader without putting a whole blanket anti Semitism on it. Just like when Trump was in office, he fucking sucked. And so you can criticize the American government and you can criticize the leader, but don't put a blanket over the whole people. Because it, it's the same with there are a lot of Jews in the Gaza Strip right now who's house has been blown to pieces where are they going to go you're bombing buildings you're bombing hospitals you're bombing children where are they supposed to go 
That's what. And nobody and nobody is siding with Hamas. Nobody is being like, yeah, I'm pro terrorist. Nope. I look at the innocent people who are losing their homes and their lives. I'm not supporting terrorism. I just think this is so crazy that this has been going on for so long and how many people have died and there has been no resolution. Share the fucking land and make peace. That's my hope. And just watching the videos and watching the little kids walk down the street in complete fear. The little kids are just trying to get to school, trying to get home, and their parents are trying to get home from work and trying to live lives, and there are rockets flying over their heads. I'm like... This is, what's, this is, like you said, still happening. When we come back from break, I want to talk about <sighs> karma and how it's about to be served up. You're listening to the Black Tuesday podcast on the FBC radio network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. We are back with the Black Tuesday podcast, Terrence Biggs, Boston Ryan. Ryan, when Donald Trump was in office, we waited through Comey. We waited through Mueller. We waited through all these type of investigations that proved things, but there was no real teeth behind them. We apparently waited for Tish James because apparently the the Attorney General of the State of New York has they're embarking upon a criminal investigation into the Trump organization. On a scale of one to about a ton, how heavy are the bricks of shit in Donald Trump's pants right now? Ooh, TikTok, motherfucker. TikTok. I can't wait. You corrupt motherfucker. You were so confident that you were going to spend another four years in office and you could have the DOJ doing all of your bidding and covering up your crime so that by the time you got out of office, the statute of limitations would be over. I fucking know the game plan, but you got beat. You got beat. You got caponed because his taxes, his corruption, he has always worked off two books. That was prevalent when he got busted with his second set of books when he started his first hotel in New York. Good luck, and I guarantee he's going to push all of this on his children. Or you'll notice how Don Jr. and Eric, who are so proud to be like these executive vice presidents of Trump, Trump Inc., are now going to start saying, I, I didn't really have a role in the company. I didn't really make decisions. I didn't, I can't wait. And that's the leader of the Republican Party under criminal investigation. You hate to see it. It's a beautiful thing. It's watching Tish James, who sat there and was quiet and kind of just kind of worked behind the scenes and, she bided her time. The worst thing that happened to Trump was to him in his mind and 
Now he lost, and you laid out the point beautifully. Statue of limitations would have probably expired because he was in office, and it would be difficult to remove a sitting president. Well, the voters removed a sitting president, and now the apparently the Attorney General of New York wants to remove his entire organization. Do um, you think... Go ahead, I'm sorry. Do you think he will plead guilty to this to save his family, or do you think that they will flip on him? Who who turns on who? No, I don't think anybody's going to flip. I don't think he's going to plead guilty. He doesn't have that capacity to acknowledge any wrongdoing. But I should point out that not only are, do they have all the tax information on Trump, Inc., the Attorney General of New York has Trump's personal tax returns. So... I'm going to say that this is going to go even farther than where it is now. No, he's going to, it's going to be a witch hunt. It's the deep state. They're always out to get him. He, you know, he's going to use that. I built my company from nothing, even though he got millions and millions of dollars from his father. It, this is going to go on for a while. I'm just watching and I'd be excited to watch his sycophants on Fox, CNN, wherever else. Like, this could be the unspooling of it. And you know what Trump is going to be messy, and you know that he's going to try to drag down as many of his supporters as he possibly can to in order to save his own ass. And I, I see this. I'm here for it. Totally. Right here. Popcorn at the ready. Now, I want to talk about Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot. She has made news recently by saying that she will conduct one-on-one interviews with only black and brown journalists. Considering that there are pockets of Chicagoans of various different ethnicities who have an issue with her, what do you think of this strategy? I mean, it's tricky. It's tricky for me to answer that as a white woman. I can understand wanting to give... um, trying to think opportunities to more minority journalists because really there really aren't any you'll notice on every like you know ms the major media syndications that they only bring on like these minority reporters or journalists when it has to do with you know when they're talking about anti-asian crimes then all of a sudden now you see a bunch of asian journalists or when they're talking about racism they've got to you know call up the black journalist, but you don't see it on a daily basis. So I can appreciate her wanting to give opportunities and the first go to maybe a a group of people that aren't necessarily given that. But I think if you're trying to spread a message throughout, you can't really just put a small group and hope that they get your message out. I mean, who knows? You could give an interview to, you know, a white woman or a white man, and their platform is bigger. So your your story or your message gets out farther than where it would have with a different person, just based on race. It is. It's a tricky one because it's, because you know that they're going to be – pockets of even some of her most ardent supporters of various ethnicities who might find fault with this. It's it's a delicate one. It's it bears watching. It's I don't know. It's 
I'm not sure if I would do the same, but it, I want to talk about Demi Lovato. Now, not a, I wasn't a huge fan of her music because I barely can recognize it, but she revealed that they revealed that they are non-binary and they are changing their pronouns. What do you think could have been the impetus for them to change their pronouns? I apologize using she because I it, but they. I think Demi Lovato is fantastic because so many people don't realize her full story. She is public with having bipolar disorder. She is very public with her battles with addiction. I mean, she wrote this song called Sober where she was basically telling, uh, screaming for help. I'm not okay. I, I'm using again. And two weeks after that song was released, Demi overdosed. And the pressure of just, being in the public life, pretended to have a certain look, you know, started off at Disney, so had to have that Disney persona. I think the older Demi gets, the more comfortable they are in their own skin and now feel confident enough to come out and say, this is how I would prefer to be acknowledged as right you love the wine not the label that's a quote from Schitt's Creek (laughs) they have shown incredible candor and honesty and bravery by not just this but like you said in their battle with sobriety or their, their, their battle to achieve sobriety you've seen a level of inner strength to be honest and forthright enough to say, hey, I have an issue, help. It's one of those things that should be definitely committed, definitely commended. And another person I do want to kind of commend, and not kind of commend, but discuss and praise is Billy Porter. He has declared the, uh, I think there's the Hollywood Reporter, that he is H- he has been HIV positive for 14 years. This is brave. This is a brave this is a brave individual who again being able to tell your own truth. When you see Billy Porter and when you see the overwhelming impact of not just this statement but everything surrounding it do you think it's more of a do do you think it's a trailblazing admission as far as he did it to speak his truth but he also do you think there's some you know being able to provide a path for others who may be to speak their own truths be it this or anything else well i think we've really come a long way because that we don't have the same stigmatism as we did in the 80s and 90s where you know, if you if it was found out that you are HIV positive or you have AIDS, you're going to die. You can't touch anybody. You don't want to be around them. You know, it's contagious. God forbid you shake people's hands. Um, and I think we've certainly come really far, especially in the medical world, where 
there are amazing medications that basically can put your viral load down to undetectable levels. I think it's great that he's come, coming out and saying, you know, I'm HIV positive, but look at how successful I, I have been and that, you know, your whole life doesn't end. But I think if you're going to come out and say that, and I, and I haven't seen all of, all of his publications on it, but I would just hope that he would continue to use his platform to really um, stress the importance of getting tested, STD testing, HIV testing, regardless if you are gay or straight, just for your own safety and how, and the importance of safe sex, like be yourself and do whatever you want to do, but just make sure that you're safe about it and that you get tested. And it's okay to be honest. If you are HIV positive, that doesn't make you a different person. No, you know, you shouldn't be treated any differently. And hopefully it will give others kind of a wake up to say, maybe I haven't been as safe and I should go get tested. And you can do that at any free clinic or Planned Parenthood does it for free. You mentioned how we have come a long way. I remember being, I'm a lot older than you, so I remember being in high school and that September day when Magic Johnson announced via press conference that he was HIV positive. You could not imagine, I just sat there and just it was like 1991. It was fall of 91, and I remember just sitting there just, my first thought, I'll be honest, like, oh, man, he's going to die. Like, you know, like he's going to die soon. He, and it, it's just a matter of time. But I also watched the response from some of his NBA contemporaries, one of which is the trash bag known as Carl Malone, who is a trumper, despite being black, a, a 2A douchebag, despite being black, and also the same guy, since we're going to be petty, and I'm talking to Petty's person I know, also impregnated a 13-year-old girl when he was 30. So, and then disavow any knowledge of the child. So, with that, it is remarkable to watch the progress of society and I'll always root for Billy Porter because I remember watching him on Law and Order SVU. He he played a music teacher that was accused, falsely accused, and that's where I first saw the acting talent. I'm gonna root for him. Just you know, it's one of those things that bravery is rare, and true bravery is definitely rare. And we wish Billy the best. People who don't we don't wish the best are the conservative wing of the Supreme Court of the United States. Talked about it on other shows, but Ryan, make it make sense with the Roe versus Wade. Like, I'm a guy, I have no uterus, but I think that what they're about to potentially do is otherworldly dumb and utterly destructive. I'm going to shut my mouth and you can say whatever you feel like. Go ahead. I think it's so fucking reprehensible all across the board, it's really, and it's especially coming from the my body, my choice. You can't tell me to get a vaccine. You can't tell me to wear a mask. But you know what? I'm going to tell you what to do with your own reproductive rights. And I'm not going to give you any support, and I'm going to try to take away all of your fucking options. Having, nobody is pro-abortion, right? 
we're just pro-choice. It's not my business what you have to decide because that is so very personal and that's a decision that will stay with you forever. And it's so disgusting to me that they are trying to make all of these rules. They're chipping away at Roe versus Wade little by little. Like you can't go to an abortion clinic if the doctor doesn't have admitting rights to a hospital. And in rural areas, that's maybe 90 miles away, and that doctor doesn't need admitting privileges because there's hospitalists for that, right? If you have a problem, you go to the hospital, you don't see your doctor. You see a doctor in the hospital. They chip away at it. And this one is if, you know, you are more than 15 weeks pregnant, it will be illegal to have any kind of abortion, regardless if it was you just didn't use protection, it was a mistake, you were raped, there was incest involved. It does not matter. And it is so disgusting to me that we have these rules where, you know, you can't get an abortion unless you were raped or or it was incest. So basically, you're telling me that somebody put their power and took my power away, and you're only going to kind of let me make a decision because that tragic event happened? Stop it. This is health care. This is mental health. This is economical. And you can't tell me that this is, you know, just because your moral compass or your religious beliefs, we have very specific rules called separation of church and state. If you want to make rules based off your religion, get the fuck out of politics and go become a priest. If I had to tell a man that what to do with his body, oh, you want to have sex? Sorry, you're going to have to get your parents' consent. You want to buy condoms? You're going to have to wait 24 to 48 hours before you can use it. You want to jerk off? That's going to be a funeral, and you have to pay for the expenses. You need an abortion? There would be one on every fucking corner, like a goddamn Dunkin' Donuts, and the Plan B pill would be in fucking Pez dispensers. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of bills that are put to be voted on when it comes to women's bodies. There are zero when it comes to men. It is about goddamn time that we rise up and say no fucking more. I have nothing to add to that. I mean... There's nothing just that I can add as a man. There's nothing I can add as a person. Get the nail on the goddamn head. Last topic we need to discuss is Susan Collins. Apparently, the FBI is in, investigating uh, campaign fuckery among New England's least favorite senator. Is she concerned? Oh, she's very concerned. She's very concerned. She's very disappointed. Um the one thing that really grabbed my attention was that article, which I'm so – it's kind of like, are you fucking kidding me? Am I getting punked right now how they stated how neither Susan Collins or the members of her campaign were aware of any of this? 
bullshit. I'm going to call fucking bullshit. So some random stranger in Hawaii just decided to make a shell company so that they could just donate anonymously to your random campaign contributions and they didn't want anything in return. That's not $5. That's not $50. They donated $150,000 into your campaign and you didn't know anything about it. If that's true, your fucking campaign is a lot more incompetent than, than suspected. I still don't know how Sarah Gideon lost. I, I mean, were polls that wrong where she was up in every poll until election day and she got wiped off the map? When I look at that, I look at uh, Tim, not Tim Scott. I look at Lindsey Graham, how he won despite being behind in polls. Are polls that far off or or just they should just kind of like be done away with because they're kind of inaccurate. I'm always skeptical of polls. I've never been polled. And if you look at the numbers at the bottom, they've asked like 500, a thousand people and they keep going back to those people. So, I mean, you can't, you know, interview a thousand people and then make it a broad statement about the whole fucking country. That's not how it works. I don't know. I think it's, you know, stop the steal. (laughs) Now, it's it's wild. It is. Now, I thought I, I guess that was just the main topic of this actual laptop. I thought I read a tweet where you're saying that you're going to get back to painting. Yes. Um, I said I painted I painted something the other day. No, it's well, not right. Let's talk about your art and where can people first, where can people contact you on social media and two, where can people view the mastery that is your art? Um, so I'm on Twitter at Irish Rye Girl and I have a gallery on my art pal account, but the um link to my gallery is in my Twitter bio. It's a little, you know, abstract acrylic. Talent. Talented. Thank you, Ryan, for joining us on this episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. Another episode of the Black Tuesday Podcast. Be good to yourselves. Be good to each other. Mm-hmm.